Good morning. Hey, we're going to be in our Bibles this morning. And um, so if you need a Bible, would you uh, raise your hand and our, our amazing hosts and hostesses will uh, get you one or two. If you want two, you can have two. Okay. Well, I wrote in my notes, I hope you're doing well and that God is supplying all your needs according to his riches and glory. Um, one of my favorite books in the Bible is Philippians. Um, it just reminds us that God does supply our needs. Doesn't always supply our wants according to his riches and glory, but supplies our needs according to his riches and glory. Man, you guys are like hanging on the word, right? Right? I'm just going to stand here and be quiet for a second. Summer's almost over. Sorry. 11 more days. 11 more days. But you can feel it in the air, can't you? Can't you kind of sense? Yeah. You can see it in the air right now, if you can see. Um, but I believe as, as the seasons are beginning to change, right, even right now, are we out where we live, we have a lot of trees. And uh, so these are already starting to change. And um, I believe that as we're starting to see change, as the season is changing, that God's going to take us to a new place to connect with him. But I also believe that he's bringing us to a new place to connect with one another. Um, Back in February, Foursquare um, says that, hey, you need to have a mandatory, like, business meeting on a Sunday morning. And we told, and, but they give you freedom. So we told each week a little bit. We talked a little bit about numbers, a little bit about our budget, um, which we're not even going to talk about now because we want to stay happy. Um, <laughs> but the word the Lord I felt gave me for 2022 was connection because we have been so disconnected in the last few years. Hopefully not disconnected this way. And I just, I want to encourage us that connection is really important. It's really important that we're connected here with Jesus. And so the question is, are you, am I, am I spending time with Jesus outside of Sunday morning? Do you realize that the majority of Christians who say they're Christians in the United States never they never really pray, never open up their Bibles, never really get in to spend time with God except for Sunday mornings. I would not have a good, I wouldn't even put good, I, I would not have a marriage if I only communicated with my spouse an hour and a half a week. And yet I saw her all the time. I walked around her all the time and I never communicated with her. That would be weird, right? That is the way that we have in our relationship with God. We need to be connected to Him. And so with COVID, yeah, things at the church has been a little bit different. We have kind of kept things shut down, but we're going to begin to open things up. That's why we're going to have a potluck. And it's going to be, according to Krista, it's going to be a potluck potluck. So just bring whatever you want. And we're going to, to me, it's not about the food. It's about hanging out and sharing together uh, a meal. That's really, really key. Connecting outside the walls of the church, I believe, is really important. So when's, when's the last time you had somebody over to your house? When's the last time you went to coffee with somebody or, well, if you're not a coffee drinker, had a milkshake with somebody or a smoothie with somebody, went hiking with somebody, went fishing with somebody, did some crafts together, which they do crafts here once a month. It's once a month on a Thursday from 10 to, 10 to noon. And I'm usually here, and I hear them having all this fun, and I'm working in my office. So maybe I need to... Yeah, Tim gives me the awe. One, two, three. 
So yes, I have to join them sometime. So that'd be fun. But connecting is so, so, so key. So I want to throw something out here to you this morning, just as a quick announcement, something for you to be thinking about and praying about. In 2020, when COVID hit, we had already had connect groups set up. We had host homes. We had amazing, amazing, amazing facilitators. I lined up. I'm looking at a couple of them right now. She's not making eye contact. There she is. And there she is. Okay. I'm looking around the room. So, yeah, we had host homes set up. We had facilitators set up. We were ready to go. We had a barbecue to kick it off with just the facilitators and the host homes. And then guess what happened? COVID hit. And so we didn't do anything with that. And I've been praying about it ever since. God, when do you want to do this? Um, I really feel it is a need in our church. I think our Sunday mornings are incredible. If you were there Thursday night, which, again, for connection with Jesus, Thursday nights, prayer and worship nights are incredible nights to be able to spend and soak in the presence of God. And it's not just one person leading songs. There's a lot of stuff happening in the room. And when you get 20 of the Teen Challenge guys in here, we sang, so last second, um, there's stomach flu going through our worship leaders' homes, home right now. So I said, please stay home. And so that meant you guys are stuck with me doing worship today. And so I said, we're just going to do a few songs from Thursday night. And we sang that over and over song, over and over, for like 15 minutes. But the Teen Challenge guys, man, they were, and they sing loud. They were just belting it. And just you could see the Lord just ministering to them as they were singing his promises um, of mercy Singing promises of God's love and faithfulness over themselves and over each other is so, so good. So I want to just throw this out there. We're praying about it. We're thinking about it. We're, we're looking for facilitators and host homes. You know, if we, even if we can start one or two groups. We have one faithful home group that's been meeting for years. They're amazing. Uh, Heather and I had the privilege to go for their first meeting after COVID. They stayed on Zoom. And I was impressed that they figured out how to use Zoom. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it's our older crew uh, in the church, and they just said, hey, we're going to remain faithful to, to Jesus, but we're going to remain faithful to one another. And they did it for two years. And their first time back, they had a potluck, potluck. It was awesome. And Heather and I got to go. We thought we'd pop in for just a few minutes, and we were there for two and a half hours. It was great. We loved it. And so... We're just, if that resonates with you, if you're thinking like, man, that sounds, I, I might be able to do that. I could help facilitate something. I could help have somebody come to my home. Then uh, they're going to be connect groups. So they'll be, they won't be where you have to commit for the rest of your life. You commit your life to Jesus, not to connect groups. And so it'll be like periodic meetings. So, you know, we'll meet for six weeks and then you have some time off and then we'll gear back up. And so it'll be sporadically throughout the year. That's what we're praying for right now. And I just want to, I didn't even tell the staff I'm doing this. So they're looking around like, what? What's going on? Um, yes. So I want you to pray. As the church, you are the church. You are the church. And as, as families come and as new people come, we want them to be able to play, have a place to connect. Sunday mornings is just not enough. It's just not enough. And so you need places to connect with. You need landing places. And so Nerf and Nachos out here, Amazing. I wasn't able to be here. I heard about it because um, I was doing a memorial service yesterday. And so, but yeah, 
That's why we're doing what we're doing. Connection. Connection is so huge. It'd be a little bit of both. Fellowship and then and study. Yes. Yes. We'll work on all that. So this is what I want in my headline. <laughs> Pray. And then we'll figure it out. I don't have I don't yeah, talk to Annie. Talk to <laughs> Talk to Effie's. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, here's the deal. We don't have to have it all figured out. I just came back from a mission trip, and what I love about mission missions is, yeah, we have a plan. We have airplane tickets, we have vans, and we buy food. This year, we didn't buy food. They provided food, and we didn't know that until we got there that night, and we were ready to go to Costco. Uh, oh, by the way, we're doing the food for you. And so that's a huge step of faith, right? Because like, well, you're going to cook stuff that we don't like. But we just, and they, but they didn't. They cooked stuff that we really liked. It was amazing. So there's, there's a step of faith. And so we're just stepping out in faith and said, okay, God, we're going to follow you. We need this in our church. Connection needs to happen. And so do we have it all figured out? No. Um, but we'll get together and... Uh, We'll pray, and the Holy Spirit will lead us in it. I'm excited about it, really. It's just a step of faith. And I look around the room, and I see amazing, talented people. And a lot of you are like, well, I can't do something like that. You're selling yourself. You're not looking like at yourself like Jesus looks at you, because he says he's gifted you with everything that you need. He's given you everything that you need to, to serve and to step out in the places um, that he wants you. I'll just tell you, I was telling somebody yesterday, um, like my, this is the the last place I want to be, honestly, on stage. My favorite position is back behind somewhere, pulling weeds. I saw people show up this morning. I didn't even walk in the front door, but was the front door area really covered with a bunch of stuff from the winds this morning because I saw a few of our people who showed up at church and they immediately went and grabbed brooms and they're out there for 15 minutes sweeping and make it ready for you guys to come. So thank you for those of you that did that today. So I look around the room, I see talented, amazing people, beautiful people that are ready to step out and do what God wants them to do. So I'm excited about it. You excited about it? Maybe. Okay, maybe is a good answer. So, well, speaking of beautiful, how many of you guys would say that you kind of get wrapped up in the whole fashion thing? We were talking about fashion this morning. Bob and I were talking about fashion. The two guys in the church that probably shouldn't be talking about fashion. Sorry, Bob. No, actually, Bob, you, you're, you're very fashionable. I'm really speaking about myself here. But we were talking about fashion this morning. I was like, man, dude, you were reading my notes. How many of you would say like, you get kind of caught up in the fashion trends of today? Let's be honest. A few of you? I mean, I'm looking around the room. When, you, when we can afford it, right? I can afford the fashion trends about five years later. That's about right. That's about right. How many of you say, I could care less about the fashion trends, and I'm just going to wear what I want to wear? Okay. All right, that's the majority of you. Okay. Yeah, but you still, I mean, I look around the room. Like my son raised his hand. He, he's still fashionable. Okay. Not today, but from, from, 
<laughs> Most of the time, he's fashionable. So I got to thinking of fashion trends, um, and I should have put a picture up here, um, but I didn't. So I remember when I was a kid, and I was, uh, and my mom is here, so mom, there you are. I apologize in advance for sharing this story, okay? But, you know, we, we, we did what we could to uh, get by, and there was times in our life where we had more, and there was times we had less. And so I remember going school shopping one year, and that wasn't a big deal in our house, but we needed PE shoes because you had to have new shoes for PE. And so Converse was a huge thing. And so I was fifth grade, fourth grade maybe. Yeah, probably fourth grade. And the place where I got to go school shopping was a place in White Center called Chubby and Tubbies. <laughs> Does anybody remember that? Raise your hand. Yes, I'm speaking to you right now. <laughs> So Chubby and Tubby's in White Center, so that's where we went to get shoes. Super excited to get Converse shoes because that, you know, the, uh, what do they call them, Chucks? Chuck Taylors. They were the shoe, right? Not for me. I got the knockoff, knockoff of Chuck Taylors. But it was good enough. So my, they pulled out a shoe, they showed it to me, yes, that's good. Put it back in the box. Wake up the next day to go to school with my new shoes. Two different shoes. Okay? I had forgot about this until this morning, and I just had this, like, crying moment, Mom. Um, but they didn't know. They didn't know because they didn't look at the box. They just told, you're in a hurry. You got three kids. This shoe, yeah, back in the box, buy it, go home. You know, so I wore those shoes to, to school. They were... <laughs> Are you praying for me right now? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> So I wear these shoes to school. They're both black shoes. They're knockoff, knockoff Chuck Taylors. But you know the white part on the toe? One was smooth and one had ridges. Okay? Somebody noticed. And then once one person notices and you're in fourth grade, guess what? Everyone notices. That's the last time I wore those shoes to school, I believe. I think I might have, had to wear, I, I might have worn them at home. I went home crying, and I remember my parents' response was, they're just jealous. <laughs> Mom, I'm on to that, actually. <laughs> they weren't jealous. Um, anyways. So I remember in high school, I kind of caught, caught up in the, the trend, and I was behind a little bit, too, and I spent... I remember spending in 1982, when I was a junior in high school, I was working, I had my, enough money, I bought a pair of $60 white Nikes with the red swoosh, the leather ones. Now you might like, 60 bucks, that's cheap. In 1982, houses were going for like $50,000, no, no joke, $50,000 to buy a house in 1982. So to spend 60 bucks on a pair of shoes, that was huge. You know how much I made an hour in 1982? I made $4 an hour, okay? Actually, in 1982, I was probably making two thirty-five an hour at Jack in the Box. And then when I left Jack in the Box and went to the cabinet shop, they paid me 4 bucks. I was like, man, that's huge money, 4 bucks an hour. Most people won't even blink for $4 an hour, right? So I was thinking of fashion trends this week. Some of the things that some of us might have gotten caught up in the past. 
And if I had a lawyer here today, I would have them come up and read that really fast disclaimer. Like any pictures you see up here, and anybody, if you're wearing it, it's not a personal thing. Okay. So if I show a picture up here this morning, and you're wearing it this morning today, it's not personal. I wasn't like, I'm not trying to give you a subliminal message here. Like, you should be wearing this. This is just trends that have touched us throughout the years. Okay. All right, so I'm going to start easy. Boat shoes. Okay, raise your hand if you wore boat shoes. Really? Okay. Okay, keep your hand up if you still wear boat shoes. <laughs> All right, yes. Toby, I did think of you on this one, actually. So that disclaimer I just said, never mind. Okay, ladies. The jelly, jelly shoes. Okay, ladies, let's be honest. Any? Okay, yes, proudly. Wow, Heather's two for two. Okay. I think Heather's going to do pretty good at this, actually. Anybody wear these? That is, that is a trend, believe it or not. Oh, we got a pair in the house. Sorry, sorry Vicky. I actually have uh, my, son, my, uh, my son-in-law... He had some serious foot issues, and they told him to wear these shoes. He wore them for a year everywhere, and it healed his feet. So I'm just saying that was a trend and still continues to be a trend. Anybody wear these? Mom? Oh, there's my mom's hand, yes. Go-go boots, yep. Okay. Heather, no hand on that one? Okay, so, okay. How about, how about these? The leg warmers. Leg warmers, yes. Jan, is your hand up on that one? Okay. All right. Okay. I'm getting personal because I know all of you, so I can just call you by name. So, Wendy, did you do the leg warmer thing at all? Okay, yeah. I didn't see your hand up, but okay. I was just, just checking. Okay. Again, there's no judgment here. This is just what we get caught up into. Parachute pants. Yes, Dan. Are you the only one? Oh, oh, these two, you two over here, you still have them? You guys wear them to church next Sunday? Okay. I will pay to see that. If you wear your parachute pants to church, you both. I never had a pair of these, but they, they are kind of cool. I, I don't know. Yeah, they are cool. And you can get them in. Some of you are like, no, they're not. Bell bottoms. Okay. Okay. Yes, bell bottoms. Anybody still love bell bottoms? They are coming back, big time, big time. You won't see me in them, but um, they are. I'm still trying to figure out the skinny jeans thing. I think that's already gone by me, but anyways. Okay, now this is the only picture I could find of these. So I was in a band in 1977, and we kind of wore the same clothes. And so we wore, these are swabby. Swabby jeans. And so the weird thing, that's the best picture I could find, believe it or not. But they basically had the back pockets on the front. And they're buttoned up like that. And if you were hip, believe it or not, yeah, it looked like you were wearing them backwards. That's what people were wearing, swabby jeans. Anybody wear swabbies? Just a few of you? Tammy, you were really hip. I love this. Okay. Yes. Oh, the, yeah, the 501s, the 501s, yes. That was huge when I was in high school. And I, 
Yes, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where they got this design from. So swabby jeans. Shoulder, shoulder pads. Remember the shoulder, shoulder things? Okay. I'm just kind of going back and forth. Um, if you wear those to church, we will automatically bring you up front and pray for you. But, um, but no, seriously. We'll just set a table. We'll just use you as to set the flowers on or something. Okay. Jean jackets. Am I looking around the room? Is there any jean jackets? In? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have a few jean jackets. I actually just threw my jean jacket from high school away. It, it had the sheepskin stuff inside. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just chucked it because I don't have room for it. So, all right. That's enough of fashion stuff. Okay. Oh, you guys, we could spend all, we could spend all day on that. Um, here's the thing. Fashion, we do get wrapped up into fashion, and Jesus had a lot to say about it. You know, in uh, Matthew, uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus goes into this whole sharing about the things that we worry about, the things that we get concerned about, the things that we put priority on. And for us as human beings, the few things that we really get caught up in is, uh, believe it or not, it is fashion. It's about what I wear. It's about how I look. It's about what I'm going to eat. It's about what I'm going to drink. It's how I do that type of stuff. And Jesus says, we don't have to worry about those things. I mean, the world worries about those things. But as my sheep, Jesus says, as my children, you don't have to worry about those things. Just focus on me, and I'll take care of everything else. And that's in Matthew. We're not going to read it this morning, but Matthew chapter 6. It's great. I would highly encourage you to read it. As we are wrapping up Peter... Uh, we only have a few more weeks of Peter left, and we were like, Peter's kind of kind of starting to give the final instructions of, hey, hey, as I'm wrapping these things up, I want you to remember a few things. And he addressed uh, the elders. Uh, Dana did a marvelous job a few weeks ago sharing about that. And then he addresses the young, which we're going to talk a little bit about this morning, but then he addresses all of the church, all y'all, and says, hey... This is what you should clothe yourself with. He literally uses those words, clothe yourself with. And then he, and he puts a word there. And you know what the word is? Humility. The fashion statement for us as believers in the church, believers in Christ, but those of us that are his, what we should be wearing and what should be visible for everyone to see is humility. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment, because is that what you see when you think of church? And not just RCC, but when you think of church, flip on TV and watch church. Do you think of humility when you see that? Sometimes. Sometimes it's not. And so humility is a huge thing to God. It really is. And so Peter talks about it here. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to pick it up on verse 5, and we're just going to do 5 through 7. Originally, we're going to jump a little bit and do a bigger passage, but we're just going to do a small chunk this week, and then we'll pick it up next week. Verse 5 in 1 Peter 5 says, In the same way you who are younger submit yourselves to your elders, 
all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So what are we supposed to be wearing as believers in Christ? Humility. Who is supposed to be wearing humility? All y'all, right? The church. Now, Peter does address the young. I love young people. It was really cool for me to be on the mission trip this year. and be, It was a combined trip, adult trip and, and youth trip. It was just fun to hang out, and it was mainly young. Even the, leader, even the adults on the trip, most of us, most of us, most of them were young. There's a few older ones on the trip, and they knocked it out of the park. Leading is great. So he does address the young people and say, hey, you know, the younger ones, yeah, submit yourself to the elders in the same way. And what is the same way? What are they supposed to be doing? They're supposed to be doing the same thing as the elders are supposed to be doing. If you jump back up into verse 2, even our young ones are supposed to be shepherds of God's flock. Even the young ones have been given authority to care for, for one another. So our young ones have been, authority to, have been given authority to care for us as well. I don't know if we always think of that when, we're, when we come to church. I think sometimes we think like, well, the, they're the youth. They're the college age. They're, oh, they, they're young families. They'll figure it out someday. But we're all together and we can learn great things from one another, young and old. Er. When I was in my early 20s, I hosted a home group in my house. And it was all, all older people. And personally, I loved it because I learned from them. And the other thing is they loved it because they uh, were able to, I guess, learn from me. Because here's the thing about the young ones. They haven't been quite jaded yet. Sometimes by life. They're excited about life. They're excited about what's next. And some of us older ones, we're like, oh, been there, done that. Not too excited about anything anymore. Right? And so when we're together, there's wisdom that speaks. But there's also the, the excitement that speaks. And the vision and faith that speaks. And so... It's huge to be together. He says to honor, to honor. He says, submit yourselves to the elders, all, you know, and then all of you clothe yourselves with humility. That submission there is really the word, it's honor. Honor those who have gone before you. Honor those who are older than you. And you notice that he doesn't put a, an age here. Ah, if you're 25... If you're 30, if you're 50, if you're 57, you don't have to. No, honor those who have gone before you. It's important that we honor those who have gone before us and, and made the way for us and showed us how. It's really, really, really important that we do that. But then he says, all of us should clothe ourselves with humility. Not just some, not just the young ones, not just the old ones, but all of us 
as his children, should clothe ourselves with humility. That's how we should treat one another, with humility. And then he quotes this, old, this verse here. It says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble, some versions say. For me personally, I never want to be on the opposition of God. Ever, ever, ever. So how do we stay with him? It's in humility. It's in humility. You realize that, that pride is the opposite of humility normally, right? And so pride is a relationship killer. And think about that for a moment. Our pride is a relationship killer in our relationship with God. Because what happens is, as we as the created, what happens is we usually will take credit for things that go well. You notice that? We often take credit for things that go well. But then when things go bad, who gets blamed? <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking about you and your relationship with Jesus right now. We're going to get to... To one another here in a moment, right? Yeah. When things are going well, we usually take the credit. But the created ones aren't supposed to take the credit. We're supposed to reflect the credit. Now, if someone comes up to you and says, man, that is an incredible piece of art that you just did, how do you respond to that? Just say, thank you. I always bring Jesus into it. Yeah, this is something that he's allowed me to do and given me the gifts to do it. I don't know. Just say thank you. You know, you don't have to go like, well, yeah, thank you very much because I spent 200 hours, you know. Just say thank you. Be a reflector and give God the glory for the gifts and abilities that he's given us, right? In humility, we do that. Again, humility is a huge thing to God. And pride is a relationship killer in our relationship with God, but it also is a relationship killer uh, for us. Us and us. If I come into my relationship with pride, then that means I'm all, it always has to be about me. It always has to be about my ideas, my thoughts. It doesn't work that way. Peter says to come together in humility, to walk together in humility, with one another. It's huge. How bad is pride? It's pretty bad. Pride got the most beautiful angel created by God kicked out of heaven. Think about it. The most beautiful angel created by God, who now we call the devil, he was Lucifer, the most beautiful angel God created. And there's multiple passages. Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14, Revelation 12, multiple passages that talk about all wisdom was given to, to Lucifer. And what happened? Pride. He saw all of the universe and those in heaven, angels worshiping God. He wanted that for himself. And as he fell, a third of the angels in heaven fell with him. Pride's a, a horrible thing. It causes people to fall. 
causes yourself to fall, but it also takes down people around you. So when the created ones put ourselves above our Creator, it only leads to our demise. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 55, Old Testament, kind of in the middle, past Psalm, Proverbs, Isaiah 55. I didn't mark it either, so I'm turning there with you. If you have a church Bible, it's on page 635. I want us to read this passage. It's just a few verses. It's actually on the next page, page 636. We're going to read verses 6 through 9. just reminds us who our God is, that His thoughts are definitely not our thoughts, and His ways are definitely not our ways. It says, Seek the Lord while He may be found, and call on Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and He will have mercy on them. And to our God, for He will freely pardon. And this is God speaking here. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Remember, this is God speaking. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Wow. Ever think you come up with a great idea? Is that your idea? Or did God help you with that idea? His thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. And so in humility, we come before him. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't serve him with the gifts that he's given us. And we belittle ourselves. I actually belittled myself earlier today with you, and I said, you're stuck with me leading worship. Okay? Here's the thing about me with worship. I am not a performer. Even when I was in a band, I hid myself behind all the symbols of the drums, and I was, well, because I was the drummer, right? Didn't want to be up front, just wanted to play. I love Jesus, and I love to worship him. And for some reason, when I was young, my parents taught me how to play guitar, and I, and I can do it a little bit, and I love to play my guitar and worship him. Whether it's one person, me, in the room, or a lot of times at home with just the two of us, or when it's all of us together. It's not a performance thing for me. We're going to worship. I'm going to worship, so I invite you to join me to make a joyful noise, because that's what most of the time it is. It's just a joyful noise before him. But I come before him acknowledging, like, God, this gift is, I mean, that, that's your gift. I don't it's all about you, Jesus, and I want to take this gift that you've given me, and I want to give it back to you, and I want to use it to spend time with you. Isn't that cool? God, I want to use it to spend time with you. Isaiah tells us to seek him. When are we supposed to seek him? He says, seek him now. Call on him now. Stop relying on ourselves. Turn to the Lord because he will have mercy on us and he will give us freedom. He reminds us that, he, <laughs> that God doesn't think the way we think, which is so good. He reminds us that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Left to our own, most of the time our thoughts usually turn into self-centeredness, right? Our thoughts, our desires, our ideas will usually mislead us. 
And so that's why we need to, in humility, come before him and ask him to lead us daily, moment by moment. So back to 1 Peter. So if you want clarity and direction in your, in your life, maybe some of you are looking, God, I'm really not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not really sure um, what, where I'm supposed to be going. Clarity and direction. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's almighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. If you need clarity and direction, just humble yourself before him, and he'll show you what's next. And verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And and the thing about Peter's writing to brand-new Christians, but also some of them had, had, had known of God because they were religious. And what they knew of God, that God was like a taskmaster. God was this far-off, distant, almost mean God. That if you didn't do things just right, he would smash you. That was what was so radical about Jesus' teaching, because Jesus shows up and calls this God who they thought would smash them. He says, he's our father. They had reverence for their father. So when Jesus said, this God in heaven is our father, they're like, really? That he actually cares for us? They're like, really? That he personally pursues us? Really? And Peter takes that on. All the other things that have been said, Peter adds it right here by saying, cast all your anxiety. Another word, therefore, is care or burden. Cast all your anxieties, all your cares, all your burdens. And where are we supposed to cast them, throw them to? To him. And why? Because he cares for you. That's all you need to know this morning. If you don't remember anything else, forget about the pictures, the fashion shows, PK's mixed mask shoes, and just leave with this. Our Heavenly Father cares for you. He does. And He says to cast all your cares on Him. You feel anxiety this morning? Man, if you meet with a group of teenagers right now, seriously, on the mission trip, every single one of them, if you have a one-on-one conversation with them, hey, what are you struggling with right now? You know what it was? Anxiety and depression. And teenagers. And Jesus says we can take all our garbage, basically, and we can cast it upon him. And why? Because he cares for us. It's really important that we know that, church. That he's not far off and distant, but he's right here, and he invites us to come because he loves us. And cares for us. Cast all. The Amplified Version of the Bible says, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him. For He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Isn't that good? It's not like He's a distant God who just kind of looks around and watches kind of, kind of, sort of. But God watches over us very carefully. 
Now, I know in this room there are situations that are tough, and I've been in those situations in the last year or so, and you are in that situation like, I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense to me because I don't feel like God's watching over me right now. I have a hard time singing that first song that you guys did in worship today because we're praying that God would do it again, but I haven't seen him do it in the first place. We're singing, God, you've never failed me yet, but right now in my moment, I feel that you failed me. Man, I get it. I really, really get it. But that's how I think, and that's how you think. But our thoughts and what we think are not his thoughts. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And what he is doing is way bigger I mean, way bigger. His ways are higher than our ways. He has a bigger plan. And you might not see it right now in this moment, but someday you will. And when I say someday, I'm not saying promises that this side of heaven. Things will come clear on the other side, in heaven. It'll make sense. You're going to get there and in awe. I mean, I've talked to many people like, well, I have a whole question list for God. So here's the deal with that. Theologically, I think when we show up in heaven and it all comes clear, we're going to be on our knees in humility, thanking him and praising him for who he is and what he's done. Humility is a huge thing to God. I want to read one more verse to you out of 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So sometimes the things that we're going through, yeah, it's about us in those moments, but it's not always about just us. It's because as we receive comfort, God is going to call us one time, sometime, to walk alongside other people that are going through the same thing that we just went through, and we can testify. I want you to know that God is faithful. I want you to know that you can come to him and cast all your cares on him, and he will take it because he cares for you. And what I want us to do this morning, we have just a few minutes before the Sunday school teachers revolt. I want us to take a few moments this morning, and for those of us that have carried in our burdens and carried in our worries, our concerns, that you can have a moment this morning and you can cast them. You can just chuck them as far as you can go. I just, I love the word casting because it reminds me of fishing. And when I was in Alaska, we had these pretty heavy buzz bombs. And you can chuck those things, and they'll just they'll go way out there, 100 yards, no joke. Just fling that thing. You can't even see hardly the little drop in the water when it hits. That's how far you can chuck your stuff that you won't even see it anymore. Right? I'm not going to ask you to stand. Some of you guys are getting ready. Faked you out. I changed my mind. Brandon's going to play some soft music in the background. Why do we do that? Because music is made by God. And, it, and he, 
He made music to comfort us. In the Old Testament, when Saul the king would be troubled, what would he do? He would ask this young boy named David to come and play his harp and worship. And it cast all, it just sent everything away. And so that's why we do music at the end, because we want just to set a place, a set a tone where you can feel his comfort. Peter says to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to those who humble themselves before him. I'm not sure where you're at today. Maybe you do have to take a posture of humility. Maybe you have been doing it on your own. Maybe you've been taking all the credit. And this morning you need to say, God, I understand that it comes from you. And I want you to have the credit. I give you praise. And I give you all the credit for what you're doing in my life. But maybe some of you this morning, you, you're not there. Where you're at is, I've got my hands full of burdens, worries, concerns, anxiety, depression, sadness, hopelessness. And God says, you can take all those things I'll take those for you, Jesus says. And so you can have joy. You can have freedom. You can have mercy. You can receive grace. So I want to just give you a moment. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to come forward and have some of us pray for you, we would love to do that this morning. Sometimes it's just knowing that someone's walking beside me and, and just standing beside me and, and that you're not alone. It's huge. So if you'd like to come forward, I invite you to come forward. love to pray for you, seriously. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. And I know going forward at church is a humbling thing. I get that. Totally get that. Totally get that. We just want to take a few more moments just in case anybody else wants to come. I know the Lord's meeting you right where you're at. That's awesome. If you just need a little extra touch from him this morning, we have people that would love to pray for you. Cindy's coming up to pray right now. I see it, so it's awesome.
cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. <laughs> He'll take it. He'll take it. going to keep a spirit of prayer uh, in here this, this morning as we're kind of wrapping up, but I just look up at the, the thing here. I guess when I think of Peter, the last thing I think of is humility. <laughs> Ready, shoot, aim was Peter's motto, pretty much. And yet he's the man that God changed so radically that he could write these words. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So live that this week. Clothe yourself this week with humility. And watch Jesus change those who you come in contact with because now you're walking and you're wearing something new and something different. And people will, people will notice and ask you. And that's your opportunity to be able to share Jesus with them. Amen? Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to continue to pray uh, here this morning. If you want prayer, please come. We'd love to pray for you. And uh, otherwise, God bless you. We'll see you uh, next Sunday.